Not only that, intercessory prayer, especially in holding up our nation, it will turn things around in our nation. I know personally men of God that started praying for Justice Earl Warren when he was in the Supreme Court and handing down the ungodly decisions that he was handing down that they personally prayed him out of office. And now our Supreme Court has started handing down godly, sound, moral judgments when they render verdicts. The, the, the country is being turned around and it came about by intercessory prayer. And people praying for those that are in authority, praying for their president. You know, it does not matter whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican or you belong to the Bull Moose Party. It doesn't make any difference. If he's president, he's your president. President Carter, when he was in office, he was my president. Me personally, I never voiced my opinion about him. I personally did not like the man. I know he was a born-again man. He said so. But personally, I did not think he was qualified to be president. But I did not say that because he was my president. And every day that I got up, the first thing that I did, I went before Almighty God and said, My Father, in Jesus' mighty name, will you send advisors by his path and give him sound, godly advice that he may render down uh, verdicts and judgments and make decisions for this country that will turn it back to the right moral way of living, praise God. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter who he's, who's your president. He's still your president. It does not matter who's your governor. He's still your governor. It does not matter who's the chief of police. He's your chief in that area. And he's in authority. And God said, pray for those in authority. First Timothy, the second chapter, first verse. He said, I exhort therefore, first of all, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for all that are in authority, for all that are in authority, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We know that as we hold up our country, as we hold up our president, as we hold up our leaders, our congressmen, our senators, as we hold up our Supreme Court, that, that God will turn the country in the way that we are praying, praise God, and the country will be turned around. I'm telling you today, in the United States, something's wrong in the land. It's a stirring in the land, but we've got things that we need to change in the land. I was watching uh, TV the other night on the news media, and they brought forth a bald eagle on this thing, and they were more interested in saving the bald eagle than they were saving the unborn children in the land. Something's wrong. Can you see something's wrong there? It needs prayer. 
there and it needs intercession there. They're more interested in saving the whales than they are saving the unborn children. Uh, you can see on, on the news media people marching in the streets, homosexuals marching uh, in the streets and running on a platform of homosexuality in the land in biggest cities in our land and being elected. Something's wrong, people, and it's going to take intercession for that to change. Can you say amen to that? Amen. It's going to take people praying that's humbling themselves before Almighty God and, and, and turning and turning from sin, not having any sin in their life, that they can get these prayers answered. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I thought the other day when, 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 when I saw this on TV, this bald eagle, you know that one of my children was born bald. You know that? All of them was born bald. They was bald when they got here. Is everyone bald-headed? Praise God. How many of them not going to get here? How many's not going to get here? You know, in New York City this coming year, there'll be more abortions than there will be births. There'll be more abortions than there will be births. Something's wrong. Something's wrong in the land. Our thinking is wrong. Do you understand that? And see, the church world, I saw on TV the other day, the, the ecumenical council world churches came together and they was going to accept the homosexual church into their organization. Now something's wrong in the leadership of churches. Is that right? Why is it, why is leaders not turned towards the word of the living God instead of turned towards, well, what will kind of bring all of them in and we'll just all be in this thing as one big family. It is not going to work like that. If sinners can come in and sit before the word of God and come into his church and feel at ease and at home right along with us, then something's wrong in the churches. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Intercessory prayer, the reason that it is so important, why it's the most important message of the hour today, that is what's spreading through the body of Christ today. Every man of God I know is preaching it right now. It's laid on everybody's heart. The reason that it is so important, that intercessory prayer is the only thing that will change some situations. There's no other prayer that'll work. There's some situations in homes where children are rebellious. There's some situations where families have been broken and split. There's nothing to put them back together. The prayer of faith won't work here in some areas. If the prayer of agreement won't work, it's going to take the prayer of intercession that the Spirit of the living God light upon that situation and put it back together. Hallelujah. It's going to take that prayer and no other prayer. That's why it's so important to say, yes, praise God, I see that, and, and, and see what God's doing in, in, in this prayer of intercession. People that self-willed, hard-headed people. Well, I want my way and nothing else. Do you know that's the reason for divorce in homes? Selfishness. I want my way. I'm right. I'm right. Well, that's the way I want to do it. 
Selfishness is the, is the root for all divorces. Selfishness. You say, well, that, you know, that couldn't be so. I, I know this, this, this couple that got, this, this family that got into adultery. That was selfishness, selfishness. I want my way. I want somebody else. No, rather than putting somebody else first, their mate first. People don't see that they're to love their wives as God, as Jesus loved the church, as He loved the church. And then when that happens, when a, a man loves his wife, even as the church, as, as Jesus loved the church, then she can reverence Him and hold Him up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sometimes men have to deserve this, deserve this honor. They have to deserve these things. And they are the leader, they are the leader in the home. Do you know that they're the leader in the home? If the home's not going right, don't blame it on my wife. Don't blame it on my children. Yeah, I'm telling you, God has given authority in a home and a man has got a right to stand and claim his authority and whatever he proclaims on earth shall be proclaimed in heaven. God will back it up. You say, but my husband, my husband's not even saved. He's not interested in the Lord. Then you need to get the Spirit of the Lord dealing with him and the Spirit of God lighting upon him and even turning his heart towards the things of the Lord. That's why this prayer is so important. You know, we that teach faith and how to believe God and how to receive your healing and how to receive uh, prosperity by faith and, and the things of God, the blessings that they're ours and how to receive them. A lot of times we'll go, people will take the prayer of faith and try to institute it in for praying for somebody else in areas and it does not work. If he's self-willed, rebellious, and, and, and he wants other things to happen, then it's going to take the Spirit of God showing him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 14, 14, he said, What is it? I'll pray with the Spirit. Pray with understanding also. He said, When I pray in the Spirit, my spirit prays, but my understanding's unfruitful. He lists two kinds of prayer right there. One of them was praying with the Spirit. The other one is praying in my understanding. There is prayers of intercession that you can give up to God in your own understanding, such as knowing your authority in Jesus' name and taking that authority and breaking the power of Satan over someone in Jesus' mighty name, over your family. See, let me tell you something, people. That's why it's so important. If you can get one, mem one member of a family born again, you've got to enroll into that thing. God's got a right to deal with that family. But if he can't get one in there, it's hard to ever get anything done in that family. But if he can get an enroll into that thing, then he's been given a right to deal with that family. See, as we have faith in that area, hallelujah, Father, I'm saved. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. You said this, that if this promise was unto me and my whole household and as many as are far off, the Lord thy God shall call. You said you'd give me ways where I could be saved and my whole household. Well, that's a promise of Almighty God. Hallelujah. And as you know these things, you can take your authority in, in areas in English and, and, and in your understanding and break Satan's power in certain areas when he comes against the home 
And then give up the prayer, pray uh, in your in, in the spirit, and get some things done. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Another thing, when you pray in your understanding, most of you know some things about praying in the understanding, and one of them is this: Do not pray unless you've got the Word of God on this situation. Do not pray on what you think is right. Don't pray because that's the way my mama done it and my grandma done it and Aunt Sookie done it and Aunt Jane and that, all this. They done it this way and it seemed to have worked at times for them. No, you have the Word of God on the situation before you pray. Don't just think, well, I'm, I, 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 I believe I'm right. No, you know you're right before you start praying in situations. Praise God. Isn't that right, Merle? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Turn with me to Second Timothy, the second chapter. Second Timothy, the second chapter. We're talking about some things that you can do in your understanding that you know how to pray for. Second Timothy, the second chapter, 22nd verse. Said, flee also you for lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Now listen to this, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance if God will give them repentance to turn to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. If a person is off in error and he is rebellious and does not want to do some things, some of these things he's going to have to repent about. If they've got things in their life that God has dealt with them over and over and over and over and over and the same thing keeps coming up, then they're going to have to repent about that thing. You're going to have to pray, Dear Father, I'm asking you to grant repentance to her. I'm asking you to grant repentance to that brother. I'm asking you in Jesus' mighty name for that son that has been rebuked a many times. I'm asking for repentance of the heart come to him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! I'm telling you, not just saying, Lord, I'm sorry, but actually repenting from the heart. I'm talking about actually changing his whole attitude. And I'm telling you something else. With repentance comes tears. We that teach along the lines of believing God, you know, we don't go by our feelings. I'm telling you this on the front. God give you those feelings. He give you your emotions. And I'm telling you right now, in Jesus' mighty name, with repentance, there is a, 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 a the heart, the, it seems like the heart is uh, moved upon, and from the inside, tears start flowing. I've seen it over and over when someone, when, when someone actually repents. I've seen, I've seen a many case where a, a fellow would come in after being out, you know, 
out of fellowship with God and just try to use 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9 is not for that case. 1 John 1, 9 said, if you sin, you go to the Father and He will grant you uh, He will grant you forgiveness and restore you to righteousness. But that's for a man that does not intend to sin. Say that a man has been in adultery and fornication. Say that he has continually went over and over and over the same problem over and over and over. And it seems like he's wallowing in sin. God's going to have to have repentance. And just me getting up here can't preach you into repentance. Amen? It takes the Spirit of the living God preaching these things and teaching these things. And it takes the Spirit of God to grant repentance. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. In the 14th chapter there, uh, turn back over to the 14th chapter of, uh, of 1 Corinthians. Fourteenth chapter of, of First Corinthians, there in the fourteenth verse, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, if I pray in an unknown tongue, pray in an unknown tongue, it is my spirit that prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Said, what is then? I will pray with the spirit. I pray with the spirit. Fourteen two. Fourteenth chapter, the second verse said. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. To pray the prayer of intercession correctly, a man must have the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Some people that have received the Holy Spirit have spoken in tongues maybe one time in 25 years. And you know, I'm going to tell you something, people. That's why the church has been a failure in some areas is because they've never had the both kinds of prayers in their understanding and in the Spirit also. Do you know if I had the Holy Spirit working on my behalf, I would want to be using Him. Amen? If I knew that the Spirit of God would be operating through me and would be praying through me and he would be my prayer partner, I'd rather have him than I had Earl Roberts. Amen? Amen. I'd rather have him than I had anybody praying. Hallelujah. See, the church has tried to get along on one leg of this thing and it won't work. It won't work. We've got too much to do in too short a time to do it. we got a great work to do for Almighty God, and it's going to take the prayer prayers of the Spirit of God knowing how to pray this thing and pray in this movement of God and pray in churches that walk in the holiness of Almighty God, walk in the perfect will of Almighty God, and it's going to take the Spirit of God that moving on whole churches to cause these things to come about. Hallelujah. God has given us the church of the living God, the body of Christ. He has given us the responsibility for what happens on this earth. He has given that to the church. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist church, he said, I do not understand it. But I know that God cannot move on this earth until man prays. I understand it now. 
we understand some things now. God had given Adam the authority. Man has the authority down here on this church, on this earth. The church of the living God today should be the authority in the land. Amen? It should be the authority in the land. And when man prays, he's in covenant partnership with Almighty God. Covenant partnership. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Turn with me to Isaiah 66. Turn to Isaiah 64. Let's read a scripture there first. How many of you today, now you be serious with yourself, be honest. How many of you today have just kind of taken the abortion issue? Just taken the abortion issue and just kind of, you know, just been passive with it. Huh? You know, the whole world looks like bleeds this away. The whole world bleeds this away. You know, well, you know, I think it's up to the individual. I think individuals don't have some intelligence to make decisions. It should not be left up to people like that. Hallelujah. It should be left up to the Spirit of God and let the Spirit of God change the workings that's happening in the United States. Change the thinking. And it's not going to happen just because we get in the street and march and we can march on Washington, we can march anywhere you want to. That's not the answer. It's going to take a work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And people changing from their spirits, knowing in their heart God wants to do something there. See, it's a very easy thing to go along with. You know, everybody has their own way of doing things. I think it's an individual issue. No, it's not an individual issue. No, it's not. No, it's not. Nobody has a right to murder. Nobody. Say amen. 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 That's right. That's right. I believe already we've done lost a whole generation on that. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that. You know, they're, they're even performing abortions up to seven and eight months now. That's murder. I know babies that's lived at five and six months. See, these things have got to be prayed in. They can't be this. You know, we can't just legislate this thing. We've tried to use our government to take the place of the church and it won't work. Do you know that it won't work? The church is responsible responsible for its people. It is responsible for the force in the land. It's responsible for these things and we need to change some of our thinking. Isaiah 64 and 7. It's a verse there that says, There is none that call upon my name, none that call upon my name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. None that stirreth up himself. People, I'm telling you, it's some issues now before this United States. It's some issues before the whole world that needs people to take, take hold of God and stir themselves up about this situation. 
Not just marching and doing outward things, but inwardly praying in the Spirit, taking this thing before God through the Holy Ghost and praying them out. Isaiah 66 and 8. He said, Who hath heard such a report? Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation, not the Jewish nation, but the new creation nation, shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. We're talking about Zion, the church of the living God, the assembly of the firstborn he's talking about here. Blessed be God. He said, as soon as Zion travailed, she birthed in her children. I'm telling you today, it's going to take spiritual births, not just conversion, and it's going to take the church praying in people, birthing them in in the spirit. He said he likens this travail like to a woman who's in travail at birth. You know, a lot of times when a person's moved upon by the Spirit of God, they will take upon themselves the same identical symptoms that the person they're praying for. I had a friend named Gary Nesbitt come to me one time. He said, I feel like I'm lost. I feel like I'm lost. I said, oh... I just want to repent and I want to go before God. I don't know. I said, yeah, you're not lost. He said, I feel like I'm lost. I said, man, you've been filled with the Spirit of God. And you know, we was young in the Lord. I said, that's the Spirit of the Lord moving on you to pray for somebody. Pray for them. He had put the same symptoms on him that the person that he was praying for. And we began to intercede and he began to groan in the Spirit. And he birthed somebody in that day. And I'm telling you, that day, that day as we were witnessing, eight people got born again and filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. Some of them had terrible things in their life, but God brought the Spirit of God into them. Hallelujah. See, he said, until Zion travails, Paul writing in Galatians, he said, I travail again till Christ be formed in you. Christ be formed in you. How many times, Beverly, have you seen people come into the church being born again, filled with the Spirit of God, and they come for a while and something happened? Where'd they go? I don't hear from them no more. I don't hear from them no more. What happened? You know, the church has said, well, if they really got something, they'll be all right. Well, if the church, you know, well, if he really got something from God, he'll be the church. He don't know to come to church. He's not trained to come to church. He don't even know when you meet. He don't know the importance of the Word of God. He don't know anything. He's a baby. How many of you would have a baby and he's born, you know, a little fine baby, big eight pound and six ounce baby boy. Oh, hallelujah. And you just leave him off up there at the hospital. Come by and say, where's the baby? Well, I figured he'd be on home, you know, pretty soon. So you think, well, you, you, you're some kind of an idiot. You're, you're closest thing I know to an idiot. And I believe I... You know, I need to get away from you. <laughs> but that's what the church has done. Where is the babies? Where was the babies that repented before God and Jesus came into their heart? Where is the babies that you brought in? 
Christ that they can take hold of him. I'm telling you, something's going to have to be done about the babies. Something, the church of the living God is going to be held responsible for the babies. The church of God is one that's responsible for them. Turn with me to the 59th chapter of Isaiah. Why is intercession so important? Why is it spreading through the body of Christ now? Why is all the men of God teaching upon it? Everywhere you hear. The other day, Kenneth Hagin had a seminar. Prayer seminar. Not healing seminar. Prayer seminar. Prayer seminar. He said God told him to have a seminar on prayer. Kenneth Copeland all through the land is going through preaching on intercession and holiness at this present time. I know of many men of God right now that's going throughout the land. You know, even as we had, we had Leon Stops in a meeting not long ago. What did he teach upon? Did he teach on healing? Did he, he teach on the Pauline Revelation? He taught on the Holy Ghost and intercession. Amen. It's going through the land everywhere. This is why it's so important. God is calling his people to pray. Hallelujah. You know, you can send an old boy off to the Springfield or Dallas or some seminary and get up here and do what I'm doing, but it's going to take the Holy Ghost to pray these people in and make solid Christians out of them. And it's not going to come by good preaching. You know, one of his disciples asked Jesus one time, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. They just had a miraculous uh, uh, meeting. They had one of the biggest meetings they'd ever had. I figure around 18,000 people were there at this meeting at least. And he said about 7,000 men. And you can just figure how many women and children was there. And it was a good... 18, 20,000 people there all together. And they had a miraculous meeting, many healings, uh, miraculous things. And he did, they didn't ask and say, Lord, teach us to preach. Oh, Lord, teach us to preach. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, show us how to pray. Lord, show us how to do these things. Lord, I want to know how to pray. I want to see some of these things in, in my life. How do I pray like this? Amen. Praise God. Revival. The stirring of the land. New births. Don't come from good preaching. It comes from good praying. Isaiah 59, 14. He said, And judgment is turned away backwards. That's a terrible thing, isn't it? You know, God's given us the choice to judge ourselves. He said, if you judge yourself, you won't be judged to God. Isn't that right? He's given us the right to judge ourselves and correct these things. Amen? Amen. He said, judgment is turned away backwards. What does he mean? It means that people are judging everybody else instead of judging themselves. It's backwards. I got that finger pointed at everybody else. Something's wrong with him. Something's wrong with him. Something's wrong with him. What's wrong with him? Judging them instead of judging themselves. Why? He said, it's turned away backwards. They're not judging themselves. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God, if you'll pray the prayer of intercession, 
person in your church, that the Spirit of God will clean up that church. People will have the opportunity and he'll move upon them to get things right in the church. But he said judgment is turned away backwards. Judge, justice stands afar off. What's right doesn't mean anything anymore. He said, for truth is falling in the street. Truth falling in the street. What does that mean? That means why wouldn't people, I know I've got the truth. I know what I'm preaching is the truth. I know what, I know exactly what I'm telling my husband. I know exactly what I'm telling that rebellious son. I know what I'm telling that daughter that's offering sexual uh, perversion and everything else. I'm telling what I've been telling that wife. I know it's the truth. Why won't she receive it? Why is the truth just falling in the street? Why is it falling in the street? Why it won't find a way accepting the truth? Why? He said, equity cannot enter. He said, yea, truth faileth. When did truth ever fail? Huh? He's talking about the word of God. Why is it, why is it not working? He said, yea, truth faileth. And he that departeth from evil, now listen to this, he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. That boy that come out of the dark culture, that, that, boy, that man, that woman was in illicit sex, that was in homosexuality, that man that, lost, that was lost, dying, going to a godless hell, come out of sin. He said, he that departeth from evil makes himself a prey. You ever seen that happen? You ever seen it happen when old boy gets saved and he looked like Satan just jumped on him with both balls and he was not able to stand. He couldn't stand. He went back into what he was in before. You ever seen it? He just, it was so much pressure on him he couldn't stand. He couldn't make it. He just had so much on him he just couldn't make it. He couldn't, it was, the pressure was too great. Did you see that? He said, makes himself a prey just to Satan. Satan just eats him up anytime he wants him. Why? Why? He said, he makes himself a prey, and the Lord saw it. And it displeased him that there was no judgment. Not 16th verse. And he said, he saw that there was no man and wondered. That there was no intercessor. Where's the intercessors? Where's the man that will stir up himself to take hold of Almighty God? Where's the man that will humble himself before Almighty God and pray and lay down his life for his brother? Lay down his life, his time. Get off of the TV set. Get off of the telephone. Get off of some of these things, these worldly things, and get on the praying of Almighty God and interceding for these young ones that has been brought in that Satan can't just bombard them and just take them as a prey. Oh, church of God. Oh, church of God, I'm telling you today that it's going to take any session to keep these people from falling back into those old ruts. 
When a man gets born again, he's got a, a computer up here. And when some trouble comes up, all he knows to do is act just like he did before. He's got to have time to grow and get his head renewed to the Word. He's going to have to have some time. We can buy him some time. We can buy him some time, people. We can buy him some time with intercession. We can buy him some time till he can grow up in some things. Do you know when in the Mexican and, 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 and Texan war, there was a group of courageous men that went to the Alamo and they bought time for uh, Sam Houston's army to get, get them prepared even for a war. They weren't prepared. They were cowboys and farmers and just, you know, this, but they had to be trained and they didn't have time. The war was already on, but they, they stood in the Alamo and gave their life, gave their life just to buy time for, for Sam Houston to, to train some men that could fight against that army. I'm telling you, and then buying that time in the Alamo won the war for Texas. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, it's the difference between winning and losing the war what we're talking about. Do you know that? It's the difference between winning and losing in a man's life. It's the difference in that boy going on with Jesus Christ and him falling by the wayside. It's the difference in him going and meeting Jesus as his Savior and walking on with him and mounting to something for God rather than just being a, a misfit and falling by the wayside and just being a miserable person the rest of his life. I'm telling you, after a person has, has met Jesus Christ and has sailed, it's harder for him to come back, people. It's hard. He said, he that's often reproved, hardens his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. He just gets harder and harder and harder. That's why if your husband, your wife, or your children, if they're not on fire for God, don't you keep bringing it up in their face. Don't every time you look around put a chick track under the nose. Don't every time you look around, you know, every time he sits down, he's looking, you know, and you hear him tapes, turning your tapes up uh, loud as they can go. Well, I'm getting a little word on him. No, how about you trusting the Spirit of God and laying down some of your time and interceding about this thing? Hallelujah! Amen. Praise God! Praise the name of the Lord! Look there in the 20th verse. 59.20 said the rewards of an intercessor. He said, And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. That's the church. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord, As for me, this is my covenant with them. Here's a covenant with those intercessors. Saith the Lord, My spirit that is upon thee, and my word which I have put in, my, in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now that's enough to make anybody shout. Oh, hallelujah. He's got a promise here to those that will intercede before him and pray in the Spirit for that family. Pray for that rebellious boy. Pray for that girl that's gone astray. Blessed be God as you do. That word will occur in her mouth and in his mouth and his seed and his seed seed. Hallelujah. Intercession. 
will keep strife and sin out of your church. It'll keep strife and sin from ruling and reigning in your town. Amen? It'll keep that from, from occurring. Turn with me to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Intercession will cause people to judge themselves. The Spirit of God will move upon them and they will judge themselves. Now, it is cases where people will judge themselves and won't, won't act on what they know. If they won't judge themselves, then they're off in another area over there where Satan can take them anytime he wants to. So be sure that, that, that when you're praying for somebody, you know that God's going to deal with them. And they're going to have to judge themselves. Fifth verse, Hebrews 12, 5. He said, and ye have forgotten the exhortation. How many of you know what exhortation is? Mine says it's to urge one to pursue some course of conduct. conduct. In other words, change your conduct. He said, and ye have forgotten the exhortation. He's going to exhort you to change it. The Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance the word of the living God. He will bring things to your remembrance that's not right in your life. He'll bring those to your remembrance if you're lasting. And if someone, you know, that's why a lot of times a person will get off in error, and they'll get off in sin, they'll get off in bitterness, and they'll have all against their brother and things like this. It's because the intercessors are not there. And when you intercede for someone, let's see what will happen. said, and you, you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. Unto children, said, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. When God chastens you, he don't break your leg, put sickness on you, or something like that. He exhorts you. Amen. Can you see that? Amen. People that believe God allowed things and all this stuff to come upon you are just in error. And when they're in error like that and their thinking is wrong, you need to pray and intercede for them that God will show them the truth. Amen. Amen? You don't have to go to them and get up in their face with something. You can touch the scripture of the living God and put it right there and say, this means that right there. Read it for yourself. And they say, no, that ain't the way I believe it. You ain't going to convince folks it's going to take the Holy Ghost. I'm well assured of that fact. Hallelujah. All right, he said, this exhortation, chastening of the Lord. He said, my, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou are rebuked of him. You know, that's a strong word, rebuked of him. I'd rather be rebuked now before Almighty God than I had stand before Almighty God at the throne and be rebuked. Amen. 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 Father, see, you, you know, it's people that, that, that need these prayers given up and prayed for that God will chasten them. That God will chasten them. Amen. 
If you'll pray for them, God can do something. That's why a lot of times uh, pastors, uh, you know, don't preach a lot of powerful things. They go along with the world system of doing things. I know that it's preachers that have the Holy Spirit that will not even mention the Holy Ghost in the pulpit and talking in tongues. I know that there's preachers that know that God heals today and that he's a healer and wouldn't say a word from the pulpit. Why? Because of fear. And if you'll intercede from the Spirit of the Lord and deal with them, and conviction will come about that thing, and God will chase them about that thing. Why is it the powerful word? Why is it 40 different denominations in the world? Why does the world look at us as a bunch of um, uh, 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 strife carriers? Why does they look at the church? and say you can't even get along with yourself. Every denomination believes you don't even know what you believe. Why is the world like that? And they are rightfully so. Why? Because there was no intercessor in the land. There's nobody been interceding about some of these things. I'm telling you, the body of Christ is changing in these areas. We're changing and getting a hold of this. I believe this with all my heart. Every person at the sound of my voice is going to be used in intercession. Hallelujah. Seventh verse now, he said, If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. If you'll endure the chastening, he's going to deal with you like a son. So what, for what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Eighth verse said, But if we be without chastening, wherefore all are partakers then are ye bastards and not sons. Then you're going to be treated like you're not even a son, like a heathen. He has no choice. He cannot do anything else. He's dealt with you. Then you're going to be turned over, turned over to even be dealt with another way. Not as a son. Not as a son. Now, first, said, furthermore, we have fathers of the flesh which correct us, and we gave them reverence, Shall we not much rather be subject unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Do you see what he's saying? I'm talking about walking in the holiness of Almighty God. Why is it sin in churches? Let's talk. A, a, a lady was telling me just last night, night before Friday night, she was telling me. She said, "You know, I had a friend that she would go off with this man. They weren't married, and they would go off and stay over the weekend." Friday and Saturday and Sunday morning, she could come to church and praise the Lord. said, how could she do this? I said, because no intercessor. No intercessor. There's no conviction of sin. Ain't no conviction of sin. I'm telling the Spirit of God, it's chasing the person, and the holiness of God will have to be uh, uh, performed there. Right. Amen. Do you see that? Lemonfair said, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous but grievous. How many of you have ever been rebuked by the Lord? How many said you're wrong, just flat out you're wrong? That, that, that ain't never been joyous to me. I've seen time I thought I was the only one that was right, you know. He said, now no chasing 
For the present seems to be just, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Let me tell you something. If problems keep coming up in a home, there is no intercession. You say, well, I, I, I've been interceding. No, you hadn't. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. You're not going to tell me that. Not when the Word of God tells me different. They're not going to do that. I'm not going to believe that. So don't try to lie to me or God either one. Amen? Amen. Praise God. When you intercede, the Spirit of the Lord will deal with the persons about this thing. And I'll tell you what, a lot of times it may be you need to be dealing with. Huh? It may not be him. It may not be him or her or it. Where intercession goes up, the intercessory prayer goes up, people will walk in the holiness of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe that. I believe that. Turn with me over to Joel. Turn with me to Joel, the second chapter. Joel, the second chapter. Look in the twelfth verse. <clears throat> I'm telling you, intercession will cause a church to walk in holiness. And I'm telling you this. You need to think your prayers is going to be answered in these days coming without walking a holy life. It is not. The days of, of lax Christianity is over. The days of, of, of being passive in Christianity is over. That God is drawing a line and He's shaking His people today and they's going to draw out of people that walk Him, walk with Him in the uncompromised Word of God, walking with Him in the holiness of Almighty God, walking with Him above reproach and walking with God and, and, and being able to use in the, used in the supernatural power of Almighty God. Amen. Joel, the second chapter. 12th verse. <clears throat> he said, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, with fastings and weepings and mournings. He's talking about intercession here. He's talking about travail here. 13th verse said, And rend your heart. Rend your heart, not your garments. Judge yourself. Turn to the Lord, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and re repenteth him of evil. Look in the 15th verse. He said, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Blow a trumpet in the church. Sanctify a fast. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Listen to me here. Don't lose me. He said, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. How? By weeping and mourning, travailing. Isn't that what he said in the 12th verse? 
by going before God and prevailing and praying. He said, 16th verse, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, and those that suck the breast. He said, I mean, gather them from the biggest to the littlest, from the children to the elders, everyone, the whole church, weeping and mourning, rending their hearts, going before God and said, oh my God, hallelujah, we want to walk in the holiness of Almighty God, we want to be used of you, Lord, we want to see that brother come into the Lord and know Jesus Christ, oh Father, we win this thing, we have this, we want to walk holy before you where we can pray and intercede for someone else, that you can hear my prayer. He said from the elder to the little one, didn't he? Look at the rest of that verse. And he said, let the bridegroom go forth in his chamber. Oh, glory. And said, let the bride out of the closet. Oh, do you see what he's saying? Turn the Lord loose on this situation. Let the bridegroom open up the door and let the church out. Let the church rise up and say, Blessed be God. There's a movement in the land. The church is in the land. Jesus Christ is in the church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is alive and well. Jesus is in the land. Open the closet door. I know it's cosmetics cosmetics now that, you know, they'll slip out every now and then to a full gospel meeting or they'll slip over here some midnight hour and have a little prayer group, but it's time to open the door and swing it open and say, oh, here comes the church. Here comes the bride. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's a lot of live church now. There's a Jesus Christ in the church that's alive and doing mighty things. There's a holy church now that's rising up out of everything else. All the power of God is unleashed in this church and you can see Jesus in that place. Seventeenth verse. He said, let sixteenth verse says, said, Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber. Usher in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's in the He's in the church. He needs to rise up. It's going to take intercession. It's going to take rending folks' heart. Seventeenth verse said, Let the priest and the ministers of the Lord weep before the porch and the altar. That's intercession, people. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep before the porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord. Give not thine heritage to reproach. The blessings of God shall come in the church. And that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, and the Lord will answer and say unto the people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith, and I will be no more, I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. Hallelujah. The church will be an honored place. The church will return to its dignity. The church will be a respected organization. 
Do you know, before I met Jesus, I had no more respect for the Lord or his church. I didn't have as much respect for his preachers and his ministers. I had no more, I had more respect for my bird dog. And it was rightfully so. It was rightfully so. It was rightfully so. Because I saw no more out of the church. I saw no more out of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ than I did out of the Civitan Club. The only time that I ever seen ministers of the gospel, when they traded with me, they'd come in, you know, how you miss selling? But when they wanted something, they'd come in and say, how are you, Brother Sutherland? And then they come in with wanting something for free. And all I saw out of the church was a bunch of people that wanted something for free that didn't have anything and wanted what I had. And I thought I had more than they had. Well, I'm telling you, that's going to be changed around, changed around. And that the reproach of the church is going to be taken away. The, the, the people in the land are going to respect the church of the living God. They're going to know that God himself is alive in the church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. <clears throat> Look there in the 23rd verse. Not only are we interested in just the power of God in the church, but we're interested in walking in the holiness. We're interested in seeing the most powerful outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's ever been on the face of this earth. There has never been anything like what we're praying in. That's why God's having everybody pray. God can't just dump it out. He's going to have to have his covenant partner on this earth praying it in. Look in the 23rd verse there. He said, be glad then, ye children of Zion, church, you that's in the church, the general assembly of the firstborn, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former reign, that's the early covenant, the Jewish reign, moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. He's going to cause the former rain and the latter rain to be poured out all at one time on the church. Amen. I'm talking about the supernatural power that caused uh, Israel to walk out, walk out of Egypt with silver and gold and not a feeble person among the tribe. They crossed the Red Sea and they were walking across dry shod. There was not a wet person in the, in the whole thing, not a sick person. Walked across. That was the former way. He fed them supernaturally. They walked across the River Jordan, dry shod. They went into that land of Canaan and took the land, and that there was God in the land. That was the former rain. But he said, like the early church, that supernatural signs and wonders and miracles happened in the early church. Blessed be God, the former and the latter rain is going to be reunited like a double portion, and it's going to be poured out upon the latter rain of this, this rain of the people. And when we start interceding and weeping and mourning before Almighty God, it'll be both of these poured out at one time. Hallelujah! The former rain 
Cain in the latter rain combined in one force in a gross outpour. You know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen to the law? I'm going to show you what's going to happen. 24th verse. He said, in the floor shall be full of wheat. Oh, glory to God. There's going to be a harvest. Hallelujah. The floor is full of wheat. He said, in the fat shall overflow. There's an increase. There's going to be an increase. And he said, with wine and oil, as your Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Glory to Almighty God. There's going to be a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's going to sweep this nations into Almighty God's kingdom. It's going to be nations, whole towns are going to be prayed in, like when city would pray and intercede. There's going to be whole. Wouldn't you like to see this whole town rise up and the mayor proclaiming the gospel? Wouldn't you like to see the chief of police, the sheriff's office, all the leaders in this earth standing, proclaiming, raising their hands, praising Almighty? take some prayers getting this thing done. Amen. Do you see why I pray, preach continually on praying and interceding before God? Praying. Hallelujah! I tell you right now, I'd rather be praying in the head preaching. And you know I like to preach. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. He said, in the floor shall be full of wheat. The harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. The laborers are few. You know what those laborers are? Intercessors. That's intercessors. We're talking about birthing things in in the spirit, not in the physical. Not just the go ye. You birth them in in the spirit, God move on you to go... Go do something. Go see someone in the physical. He'll be prepared and he'll be ready to receive. He'll be ready. He's ready. Praise the Lord. Praise God. The other day my wife read from this pulpit from what was happening in Guatemala. The president of Guatemala a student of Raymond Bible School <laughs> spoke in tongues and, and interpreted over him, told him he was the next president of Guatemala and he'd stand in, in, in the office of president. And he said it was hard for him to believe at that time, but he's been saying, filled with the Holy Ghost. And every Sunday night, the president of, the, of Guatemala on national TV in Guatemala preaches for one hour the saving power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Hallelujah! I'm telling you what, we've got a president in our land that's just a hell for preaching now. Hallelujah! Praise God! We, got it. we can pray it on in, people! <laughs> Praise the Lord! Praise God! Hallelujah! Twenty-six verse says, so "And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that He dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed, never be ashamed." Praise God. Look in the twenty-eighth verse there. 
He said, and this is what's going to happen when you intercede. He said, and it shall come to pass, and shall come to pass afterwards that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That includes daughters. That includes daughters, women. There'll be women with great anointing upon them to stand and proclaim the word of the living God. And your old men shall dream dreams. <clears throat> and your young men shall see visions. And upon my, upon the, upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out of my spirit. And I will show wonders in heaven and in the earth and blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon shall, the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass if a man will intercede. When intercession goes up, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion, now listen to this, for in Mount Zion, in the church, and in Jerusalem, shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, in the remnant who the Lord shall call. He said it's going to be great deliverance in the church and there's going to be great deliverance in Jerusalem we're the only generation that's ever lived Denise that's seen the body of Christ in Jerusalem and the nation of Israel on the face of the earth at the same time we, there's never been a, a blessed generation like this there's never been a time in the history of man there's never been a time in the annals of Christianity in the annals of Judaism even, that let us sing the body of Christ and, and sing J Jerusalem and the nation of Israel come into being at the same time. I'm telling you what we're talking about. We've got Satan's forces split. We've got him divided now. We've got him divided. You know, you can divide and conquer. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we got him fighting on two, two, two fronts now. He's not just fighting the Christians. He's having to do battle now with the nation of Israel. And I'm telling you, in 1967, he called seven nations to jump on Israel at one time. He calls out. He wanted to wipe that off in the face of the earth. But something happened. Oh. Glory to God. It must have been some intercessors. You know the great move that moved the people in back to Israel? You know what it was called? It was called the Zionist movement. <laughs> the Jewish nation called it the Zionist movement. Blessed be God. That's the church movement. Praise God. And I'm telling you right now, in that six-day war, the seven countries jumped on them. Had the latest mechanized force. Had all the latest artillery that the great nation of Russia could array against that nation. They spread it out among all those nations. And I'm telling you right now, the Egyptians couldn't even get their aircraft off of the ground. God confounded their language, and they couldn't even communicate. Hallelujah! And it came about by intercessory prayer, praise God. Moshe Diane, the one-eyed general, he said, no, it was not a victory by me. They wanted to make him something great. He said it was Jehovah, the great God that defeated those people. Oh, hallelujah! 
I'm telling you, it's deliverance in the land. It's deliverance in that nation. It's deliverance right now. Today, today in the city of Jerusalem, there is over 30,000 born again, spirit filled Christians in that town. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, the nation of Israel, there is deliverance in Jerusalem and there's deliverance in the church. Praise God. We got a social split. And you don't know which way to turn. Amen. I'm telling you, we're going to pray in a movement that the, that, that the world's never seen. There'll be no doubt that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. There'll be no doubt that there's a God in the church. There'll be no doubt that the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost, the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost is real today. There'll be no doubt. Hallelujah. You'll walk on your job with power in your life. You walk down the street with a supernatural word upon your lips, ready to speak it forth. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes. Intercession has split his ranks. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say amen to that. Praise God. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, So go forth, my friend. Go forth and speak forth these words, knowing, knowing that intercession has went up, knowing that you have the power of God, knowing that the Holy Ghost Himself shall manifest Himself through you and to those that are lost. Yea, knowing that as you pray, Yes, those you have come in contact with will receive that word, for intercession has went up, knowing that they are even now drawn unto you, even as, even as John the Baptist drew people into the wilderness, saith God. Yeah, even then, as John the Baptist preached and pray, prayed, yeah, he prepared the way of the Lord. As you now preach and pray, yeah, you will even now prepare the way of the Lord, saith God, for a great moon is being and at this time, yeah, you have walked in ages of this time. But I say you shall walk in the power of God. You shall walk in the anointing of God. You shall walk in the double portion. Even now that the latter and former rain had, it shall be even in this hour as one that goes forth in the very spirit of the risen Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 